you know, you, you look all through scripture and when Jesus saw people, he had compassion on them. He didn't, he didn't feel anger towards them. But that is what we have to learn and, and do the work like you're talking about to see our kids the way Jesus sees our kids. Hi, I'm Courtney. And I'm John. And this is On the Door Frames. Okay, so a friend was talking to me the other day and discussing, we were discussing anger in parenting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in all the things that, you know, you talk about, that's the one that sort of everyone will be a little quiet about. It's still <laughs> a full, I mean, there's no anger happening at our house kind <laughs> right. of thing. It's oh, the, we don't get mad, no. Right. It's the... <laughs> You know, there's there's that whole kind of thing around parenting that if you're parenting well, all the voices will be calm and <laughs> loving all the time, and it will just be very sweet and cooperative, and it's just not humans. It's not yeah. how it works. And so that conversation just made me think this would be a great thing for us to talk about from the standpoint of just, let's just first of all, free everyone up with the statement, there is anger at our house. Mm-hmm. There is anger directed at other humans at our house. <laughs> right. And it does happen. And this may be an unpopular point of view, but I don't necessarily think that all of that is actually bad mm-hmm. in and of itself. Yeah. I think obviously in our anger, we are very, very capable of saying and doing things that are wrong and hurtful and much more easily than when we're not angry. But in and of itself, I don't think just that process of feeling that anger rising is the horrible thing that we've made it out. So let's elaborate on that. Right. <clears throat> yeah, anger, you know, and let's just talk about a little bit what anger is. I, I think it's a it's an indicator of emotions in us, whether it's frustration, whether it's passion about something. There, there are all these things in us, and we're trying to articulate those things, but sometimes we can't, and, and so anger comes out um, because... We, I guess we, we don't have the words or in the moment we, these feelings just kind of come out of us. And so, um, recognizing that, that that is a very natural thing that happens is important. Um, and also recognizing that that's happening in our kids, mm-hmm. right? They, they get angry at us, not necessarily because we're the ones that cause the emotions in them, yes. but you know, that there are emotions in them and they don't, I mean, they're, they're kids. They don't know how to process and articulate what's inside of them. Yes. And so anger is how that is released. And so, you know, we do the same things as adults. Uh, and, and so often that anger is released. Um, and that it's very hard for that never to happen. Right. But I think what is very important, and we've talked about this before, is how we as parents teach our kids how to deal with that anger is what is important here. Yes. You know, when, the times that we have become angry with our kids, we apologize. We, we show them, hey, here's what it looks like after you get angry Mm -hmm. to then make that right and to apologize and show some humility. And and it's like, this is what it looks like because if we never have those moments where we get angry, whether it's with each other, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. we do argue and fight (laughs) with each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
And we often or sometimes we'll do that with our kids. And if we never do that with them, then they never see that played out. And they never have a chance to see what it looks like after the anger subsides. You know, what does this look like? What does it look like to clarify, to ask forgiveness, to restore relationship after you've said and done things that you really didn't mean? Well, and what does it look like to be angry, but still not say a bunch Mm. of things that you don't mean? Right. That too. It's still, what does it look like for that anger to rise Mm. and to choose even in the angry moments to guard the words that can't be taken back and to guard the actions that could be hurtful. There, there is this in the removal of all anger from the equation, we're not teaching them how to be angry. Well, Mm, yeah. And that's important because they will be, Mm -hmm. there's not this, this scenario where they're just not angry. And so teaching, I mean, we can, go online on any form of social media today and (laughs) see all of the ways. There's no switch to turn off our anger. Right. That there's, that it's not being handled well Mm. and it's being taken out on the wrong people in the wrong way, in the wrong moments and causing infinite amounts of hurt. Mm. And so I think one of the things that we, we want to do is to, recognize that our end goal is not to make the anger go away Mm -hmm. or to make the child who's angry go away or to make the situation go away, but to use that as an indicator light of that is something that is clearly very important to the other person for some reason Mm -hmm. or another. And so often when someone else is angry, it's jarring to the other person because in that scenario, there's something that the one party feels very strongly and the other party does not. And we see that in our kids a lot. Mm. The one child will kind of just come up unglued about something and the other one is going, whoa, 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 kind of a thing. And that's where we're left just sort of staring and and they might end up laughing, which makes it worse, or they end up getting angry back. This is so uncalled for. But instead, if we're learning to view that in each other is, wow, something matters a lot to this person. Mm-hmm. Not this person is trying to hurt me. Right. It changes everything about how we're looking at the entire conversation and the entire situation. Right. That I think this is so important is that perspective shift when we see anger, we have to think about it as an indicator to deeper things going on. Mm-hmm. Because that anger might not actually be from a bad intention or a bad motive. It might be from a very passionate thing or something they care very much about. Justice. Justice. Yes. There's a lot of good things that produce these feelings of anger in us. And so um, as parents... You know, we recognize, we, we learn to see anger as, okay, this is a teachable moment. This is a moment that I can dive in and help my kid really process what's happening. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, you know, when we shift the focus away from ourselves and we shift focus onto what our kid needs, that often helps us first gain some perspective. Right. Um, and then, you know, we can then dive in. It, it gives us the clarity and, and kind of the like, okay, 
let me, let me realize this isn't like a life or death situation here. Um, not everything is at stake in this moment. Right. I need to ground myself in truth. Right. And then I need to dive into why is my kid angry and start asking questions to help them process what's there in a healthy way. And some of that's taking away a little bit of that like parenting ego that has almost been applauded Mm. over a period of time. Like you don't lose your parent card because (laughs) a child gets angry at you and you don't, you know, lash back and put them in their place, you know, all of those kinds of things. There's a lot of that that kind of mindset and bravado around parenting that's just wrong Mm. and doesn't lead to healthy interactions. This isn't some war where you're constantly trying to remind everyone that you're the general. (laughs) You will be respected and you will be honored as a parent as you honor and respect. Mm. And yes, there is authority there. And yes, you are clearly the one that is the one in authority and making decisions, but you're doing it out of love and wisdom. And they're going to honor that as Mm. they see you making those choices. And we've already said this before, and I know we'll say it over and over again, but it's that constant remembering I am the parent in this situation and they are the child. And even as they get older, I am the more experienced adult in this situation mm-hmm. and they're the less experienced adult. If they're 20 and we're 40 or Which they're will always 40 be and we're 60, <laughs> right, right. right? I'm the one with more life experience here. Therefore, I come in, I listen, mm-hmm. I sit and you know, we can only parent out of kind of the work that we've done on our own selves Mm -hmm. and, and the amount that we're leaning into the Holy spirit and leaning into the spirit, which produces that fruit in our lives of love and joy and peace and patience. Mm -hmm. Um, those things come because we have spent our own time with the Lord, our own time processing out our feelings and our angers and our hurts and our past. But if we don't do that work, we're always going to be transferring what we've been through onto our kids, projecting. And just in the same way that you were saying, their anger may not even be at us. Mm. Our anger is more than likely also not at them. And yet we will live in that cycle of speaking anger into each other that's not even always about the other person we as parents have to do the work mm. so that we're not constantly transferring that baggage. Right. And these these moments, we've said before that our kids do what they see us do, not mm. what we say to do. And so in these moments, if we do kind of bow up to our kids and be like, I'm going to show you who's in charge and, and deal with it that way, that's very similar to how a bully would deal with a situation. Mm-hmm. You're bigger, you're smarter, and, and so it, it often causes our kids to lock up and not want to process with us, mm-hmm. which is not what we want, right? And so, um, you know, for us to, to allow patience to come out, right? And, and that's where you're talking about rooting ourselves, doing that work, 
and, and that's really connected to seeing people the way Jesus sees people. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look all through scripture and when Jesus saw people, he had compassion on them. He didn't, he didn't feel anger towards them. He felt anger to the people that took on his name and were doing stuff, you know, differently, but that's another whole nother time. But, but that is what we have to learn and, and do the work like you're talking about to see our kids the way Jesus sees our kids. And so we can then represent him in this moment and say, you know what, instead of letting this anger boil over in me, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit allow peace and patience to come out. And I'm going to help them process and get through what they're feeling. And, And I think that is such an important thing. And this is a foundational thing for parenting is is that we have to recognize those situations and we have to be the ones to calm the waters and allow our our kids a safe environment to process in. Yes. And it's interesting because as you do that, so often by the time the conversation is over, your own anger is gone too. As you've talked about it and realized what's going on inside that child and you get to the root of these things, you you see it all so differently. And that's why the waiting for, you know, the response is so important. Get the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Teach them how to get the whole picture. Realize that you've got such a small amount of the information in the beginning of any kind of argument and that it would be wise to have more of it before you full out respond to what's going on. I know one thing that we've talked to our kids about that I really it have learned more and more as an adult. And I'm so grateful to be able to point this out to them young is how often in the disagreements there's, there's not actually a right and a wrong side. We really love good guy, bad guy Mm -hmm. type things. We really quickly want to take an argument and say, all right, who's the villain? Who's the hero? Let's do this, you know? And the truth of it is, while there very much are wrong and right and black and white situations, man, mm-hmm. 90% of everything, especially when you're dealing with arguments with kids, is not that. Right. It's actually difference in perspective. It's difference in personality. It's difference in how they saw the situation. It's why three of them come to you and give you three totally different stories, but none of them are actually lying. <laughs> They're giving you the story <laughs> from their eye view, and we translate everything through how we see life, which causes us to see it so differently than another person. And I heard somebody say this one time and I thought it was so good. They said, kids are the best observers ever. They catch everything, Mm -hmm. but they're the most horrible translators (laughs) because they take it and make it about them doing something wrong. They make it about their very limited perspective. It's the same as us when we don't know what we're talking about. We make really bad judgment calls Mm -hmm. when we don't know very much. And that's what kids are operating out of. And you think about it in every stage of childhood from babies who get mad because their instant need Mm -hmm. is not met to toddlers who get frustrated because, again, they can't communicate well and they don't know how to get all that's building up in them out and for you to understand, so they just feel helpless. Right. I want the penny, not the nickel. Right. Right. And I, you know, I want to eat the gum off Mm -hmm. the ground because that Mm -hmm. is what I want. Right, right. 
don't understand what your problem is. <laughs> then you get up to a child and again, all and up to a teen. And then it's all very similar and it comes out of a sense of helplessness. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, as parents, what we have this tendency to do is to feed into that helplessness by the way that we respond mm-hmm. with reminders of you're not in charge here. You don't right. get to call the shots. You don't, you know, all these kinds of things. We're very quick and again, yes, there are times of safety and so many other factors. We they do need to understand. Yeah, it's like, trust me, I'll explain later. Who is right. calling the shots? Mm. But as parents, the more that we feed into that, like, let me gather you up and explain mm. to you. Yeah. Let me talk to you about why this rule is here. Mm. Let me talk to you about why we don't say those things to each other. Let me walk you through how this plays out over your life. Those things, man, that like that changes all those feelings of just helplessness on their part, just helpless frustration that's building and building where it feels like the whole world is against them and they just have to keep stuffing it down and saying, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, Mm. into actual knowledge and wisdom and understanding that's going to guide them and guard them. I feel like it's just, it's one of those things where we need to ask ourselves what we need in those moments instead of acting like we're two different species of humans, you know? It's a deal of why would what your child needs be so different than what you would need in that moment if you were angry? Um, I So I feel like one of the things that we most need to – think through is that there are some mentalities around anger that aren't serving us in our homes and in our families. And I, I call it the go to your room mentality. It's the thing of something's going wrong. You're not acting like I want you to, y'all aren't getting along. You go to your room. I'll go to my room, whatever it is. Let's separate because that's, what's going to solve this. Mm -hmm. It's an easy answer, right? It's a common answer. It's all of those things because it is the, it will work in a sense. Short term, it works, right? We just diffused the situation. We took Mm -hmm. the angry people and we separated them from each other. Um, I am actually extremely, extremely hesitant to use separation in -hmm. our home Mm -hmm. when people get mad. Right. Because I feel like it sends a, a few really, really dangerous messages. Um, the first is, is the feeling that unwanted emotions, um, is going to lead to isolating instead of processing those things in communities. If I feel things that I don't want to feel and that others don't want me to feel, now there's going to be separation, right? That's how you deal with that. You deal with your, your hurt and your questions and all of that by isolating. Mm. Is that something that we yeah. want to teach our children? Not a great idea. It's it's not well, because when, when they go to their isolated place with their lack of understanding that led mm-hmm. them to that anger in the first place, what are they going to do in that isolated yeah, they, place? They go to bad places in their mind Sit. and we're not there to help guide them in exactly. those thoughts. Sit right. in a lack of wisdom. 
turn on music that feeds those mm-hmm. feelings in them of depression and hurt. Yep. Um, sit and process in a bitter and angry way. Talk to a friend who has no more insight or wisdom than they do. Mm-hmm. And just endless amounts of things that right. that can go to. Right. You know, and it's, what's, what's really easy is the child often is the one that initiates the, I'm going to leave the situation Mm -hmm. because I don't want to do the work to deal with this right now. Of course. And I mean, we have both, uh, this happened just last week where something happened. It was siblings fighting and it started breaking down. Everybody was angry. I stepped in and everybody tried to leave the one in particular who was, really frustrated was like, I don't want to deal with this right now and tried to leave. And, and I, I stopped him as like, Hey, we're going to go in the other room and we're going to talk through this because mm-hmm. he was, and we know he, he goes to bad places in his thoughts. He, he interprets things incorrectly mm-hmm. and then he takes that and he, it all, it all kind of turns into shame. It turns into him, you know, thinking he's worthless and all of those thoughts that we all feel in those mm-hmm. moments where it wasn't about that at all. No. And and it's it's so cool. And, you know, I had things to do. And this was a 30 or 45-minute conversation to listen and help unwind his emotions and help tell him, hey, you know, you're feeling these things, but they're not true, mm-hmm. right? Your siblings have said these things even, but they're not true. And so every time we choose to do that, and, and we put the work in, those conversations end beautifully with our kids. And it, it ends every with every time. Like I have never left one of those conversations after, and some of sometimes they go for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. They can get long, but yeah. man, the richness of that. And we always walk away from those situations. Restored. Restored. It, it's, it's mentally taxing and we, we, we walk away tired but it's that good tired because man yeah. there was so much progress made and our kid walked away with feelings of hope and not just feelings of hopelessness which leads in perfectly to the second thing thanks for spending time and connecting with us today for more info and resources visit us at onthedoorframes.com <laughs>